Welcome to the Nowhere Bus. I'm your driver, Darren Clark, former amateur hockey referee who is known to tell tight coaches complaining about non-penalty calls, quote, I don't think anything intentional has happened so far this game, end quote. I'm joined by our general manager of morale, Mel Romanen, who will be handing out free Buffalo Sabres hats today for you to lose at your earliest convenience to do right by it. This is season two of the Nowhere Bus, and we hope to have more really great guests this season sharing their perspective and experiences with us. But for this episode, in a world overrun by middle-aged white guys with opinions, we're here to pile on. This is another coffee and tea edition of the Nowhere Bus. I have a tea again because I believe there's hope for humanity. Mal has a coffee because he doesn't. In the meantime, Mal picks up on the unique argument that the single most important thing humanity does is sleep. We talk the allure of the YouTube van life, travel and freedom in a world of rapidly escalating home and rental prices. We talk turtle watching as a new alternative to being gamefully employed. We chat similarities, differences in our perspectives on vaccines. We consider how much opinions are attached to age and emotional needs. We look at Naomi Osaka's pulling out of the French Open, the least playoff failures and the decline in Toronto media's ability to critique the team's ongoing struggles. We start, of course, though, with, once again, the two of us being amazed that we were able to hit the record button. We are recording. Thank you. Wow. How about that? That was exciting. I think all participants are aware. So, it's season number two. How are you feeling? Um, Good, I guess. It's the sunshine on the weekend. I was feeling pretty shitty until Sunday, and then I managed to get some sleep, which is a very touch-and-go thing. Sleep is important, man. You can't underestimate it. I miss sleeping like I did when I was 10, 12, 15, noon, and it was so – wouldn't that be exciting to be able to do that? Oh, well, you you can't. Your brain just goes, you're missing something. Something's supposed to be done. But it is the single most important thing we do as humans, sleep. And I think sleep, to me, the great symbol of where our society misses out on everything. Because if it was it's up to the people so that drive true. our society, and I've seen guys say, you should only sleep four hours a night, and it's like, you're a maniac. It's a badge <laughs> of honor, but you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, know, look at should, me. I'm suppressing should, yeah, yeah, physical needs. Yeah, you should break yourself down. That's just macho. For my next trick, I won't go to the bathroom for two days. <laughs> That's exactly right. I know. It is so absurd. I know. Talk about the stupidity of males. Again, that's where women got to be. They just need to go to the bathroom all the time. And we right. get mad at it. But, you know, right. just the basic human function. <laughs> right. It, it, it is. It is. I was thinking about the, the male thing last night when I was watching a Yankee game. I don't know if you saw this. There's a big debate because Marcus Thames is going off on the home plate umpire. And you can imagine why there was a, a call that was missed. And, you know, for men, that means you got to melt down. That's the signal, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm watching him. And there was confusion about who was yapping from the bench and who was going to get tossed. And I'm watching Boone out, Doug, and they're playing it like they're 12-year-olds. Who do you mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. I know. You don't even know who you mean. Like they're getting over on the guy because of that. And, it, and I'm looking at him, and I think somebody needs to walk up to him and tap him on the shoulder and say, do you know you're wearing pajamas right now? <laughs> 
we take it so seriously. This is something like Viscurgeon. You think his reaction to the missed strike call was like three home runs were hit simultaneously. That's the he problem just with went the missed strike call. Bonkers. I know. I know. Then you see Boone out there arguing. He's like, dude, you've got essentially pajamas on right now. How upset can you really be? But we, we miss out on this. I think it's umpires, a game. umpires should point that out more often. By the way, <laughs> while you're out here yelling and screaming at me, you know what I mean? Nobody's, nobody's taking You got a tobacco stain on your pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is rather ridiculous. And, you know, the, I, was, the, I was watching the Jays game the other day, and you know how we'll talk about how the strike zone thing and everybody, you know, I, if, and whatever. I think the point is taking everything so seriously. And I'm listening to Buck and Tabby and how we're just so tied to this box on a screen. And then I don't even know who it was, so angry that they didn't get this call, upset. And then they sh- show it from the side view. And Buck, that's clearly above the knee. I mean, that's a strike. And of right, course, right. ignoring the fact that the box showed it as a ball. It's so selective. <laughs> but if you go back to the pitch on the screen where you're so mesmerized and just glued into this box, it was a ball, according to that. But no, yeah. no, no. We got to show the side view. <laughs> right. It's just, ah, uh, come on, guys. Just move on. Move on. Like you say, you're wearing pajamas up there, everybody. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's, it's even another thing this morning. Caroline came outside while I was preparing for this. And she comes out and she's a glow. Her eyes are sparkling. She's wow. super, super excited. And she's I like, bet you I know, know why. What, what would that be? Because she sent me a friend request on Facebook. It made my day. That, oddly enough, was not it. <laughs> no, that, it wasn't. Oddly I'm enough, like, which... Carolyn, I know this person. This, that made my day. You can tell her that. You're part of a very select group, I'll have you know. She okay. only has, I don't know, like 40 people, which is probably playing it smart. So you're not no seeing question. goofy yeah. stuff except yeah. from your close relatives, which can happen. Um, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> but no, that that oddly enough was not it. But it's funny because she said, you know, I have great news, and it's <laughs> it was after the the interaction was over. I thought it's interesting how my mind reacted because when she said I have great news, my mind started going through stuff like maybe I'm getting a brand new bike with a banana seat and streamers on the handlebars. What is it? Maybe <laughs> it's free lobster tonight, man. You know, these are the things. <laughs> you my finally, brain you finally got a big wheel. Right, right. That's what I was thinking about. And then she's, uh, the rugs are coming today, which uh, I found to be a bit of an anticlimax, you know. But after I'm thinking about it, I thought, how how telling is this? That she's excited about something that's actually good for our home, makes our home nicer, it makes it cleaner. Our cat will be very happy. He loves a new rug to kind of explore and and feel out in his own cat-like yeah. way. No, you were you know, thinking, me, I'm you're thinking, thinking chocolate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly how my brain works. Sad. The Labrador brain, they call that. The Labrador brain. The other big thing for Caroline has been the whole weekend was dedicated to uh, living out of a van videos on YouTube. Really? A home on wheels and everything and, and travel wherever. And then <laughs> I've thought there's a whole... That. It's intriguing. And people make a living off of selling that idea, right? So beautiful vistas and... Uh, the whole idea of, of being freed from... Well, like we talked about in season one, possibilities are a wonderful thing, whether they be in sport or, you know, mobile homes, you know? Like, yeah. It does open up a lot of possibilities when your entire life is in the back of a 
truck, so to speak, or whatever well, it is, you know? And it, it's also this part of the allure, the increasing allure to it, I think, is attached to, I mean, when I go for a run in Thorold, I see all these houses been sold signs and above asking is always put in big letters above sold above asking. And I think you're, you're celebrating something where you're just pushing debt. One generation is pushing debt to another generation and making things unaffordable for that generation. You know, right. It's it's a massive thing. Like houses are $500,000 and the impact of that long-term is, is crazy. Right. I was just at my sister's last last weekend to whatever, it doesn't matter. And a house, a, a, an extremely nondescript house on the corner in Confederation went for over a million dollars. I'm like, excuse us, what? And they're like, yeah, yeah. that is unbelievable. This is insane. Thorold, Ontario. And yeah. not we're not talking about a mansion here. We're talking yeah. just about your average Confederation home about uh, right exactly that's you're pushing that into the next generation and and think about the consequences for the economy at large you're gonna have people whose main thing they have to put their money towards is their mortgage or rent because rent's out of control too right like it's insane so and instead of being able to apply, put that money out into the economy in a more diverse fashion you're essentially applying and this is all because of the influence of developers upon local governments right but at a provincial level, the developers were in, being influenced on the election itself by by the money they poured into outlets like Ontario Proud and Canada Proud and everything like that. Right. And all they've do, all they're doing is consigning an entire generation to putting all their money towards mortgages. Well, and and I think the other thing people fail to realize is while they're cashing their lottery ticket, um, when everybody's cashing their lottery ticket, it devalues the devalues the value of money and then everything eventually becomes more expensive. So what, what you assume is your, you know, I live for free now. The economy doesn't work that way. Everything you spend on inflation comes and and it gets more expensive. So the value of that dollar becomes, you know, less. So your million dollars isn't what your mom's million dollars is. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a number. Monies are just numbers, man. You know what I mean? And eventually owning a house is not going to make you rich. It's not how it works out there. <laughs> it's not a right. unique talent. It's not a unique thing you've done. It's not wealth building. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's kind of crazy. And so, but that's how you get to the allure of that kind of van life where, mm-hmm. you know, you, you detach yourself from that, that huge expectation financially and, and kind of live freer. And I think there's a lot of people who are just, screw this. We co- people complain about the millennials and everything. And I think they're just educated enough to, to have a look at the whole thing and say, oh, well, this is stupid. I had that job for, for a whole month and a half. <laughs> and Which, that seems very Darren Clark to me. It just, to, it just, well, it's actually, un, actually not the, usually the way it goes. I usually stay forever. I've stayed no. 14 years at a call center and seven years at a factory. So it's not like I've been bouncing around that much. No, I guess perhaps. I've known you in different times when you just, it didn't take long for you to have had enough of the establishment to right. say, this isn't for me. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. I mean, there was one like, of your most redeeming qualities. Actually. When I was uh, doing the temp job, I remember the one guy, I've lasted five hours at that job. And I remember I got in trouble two hours in because they'd given me, it was, this place was an incarnation of, of hell. 
literally there was flamethrowers there was like <laughs> sulfur it was crazy and i remember i got in trouble because i had they give me this flamethrower here you go you've been here 15 minutes here's a flamethrower so you take this flamethrower <laughs> and i was i don't even know what i was doing because i didn't remember much just aiming at this stuff and dry these things out whatever these forms were so i had to put it down for a second and i turned it off and over comes this guy who called me red hat for that five hours because i had <laughs> I had some sort of red hat on at that time. So, you know, why, why learn my name when you can just call me red hat? Just go by the hat, really. <laughs> You're dead, so, buddy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he gave me, he's like, why did you turn off your flamethrower? It was probably called something other than a flamethrower. <laughs> uh, but I was like, well, because I wasn't going to be with it. And so I thought leaving a flamethrower with flames going off while I wasn't there was a bad idea. But no, that, no, as it turns out, that's what you should do to not waste time having to restart the flamethrower. Oh. Then they moved me over an hour later to some assembly line stuff, which I don't couldn't even know how to convey what it was. It was like these giant objects coming by and I had to do things to it. So within 10 minutes, Buddy's yelling at me, hey, red hat, red, red hat, you got to move faster. So an hour later was lunch and I told him, uh, I gave him my safety goggles and said, I'm, I'm done. And he said, well, what, what's the matter? Why, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm just quitting. I'm leaving. And he's like, why are you quitting? And I was like, you know what? You make up whatever reason feels best for you. Yeah. And that's the reason. Yeah. It's just, put me in just, the temp bin. Yeah, put me yeah, in the temp bin with all the other temps. What does it I barely matter? exist here. I barely. <laughs> just No, but I was, you know, being off for four years and being a house yeah. husband, which, uh, you know, border guards tend to ridicule. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right so what you're saying is your wife supports you that's not exactly what How i'm do you saying even but know okay these people which <laughs> you can't even have friends you don't even have a job what's the basic right right basic exactly that's it. yeah i was <laughs> nobody I was would hang with you <laughs> But, I'm, you know, being off really gives you an opportunity to appreciate how your brain works when you don't have something else in it for 40 hours a week you know and, right. and the, the possibilities and and I was really good at that job. I was doing customer service. I'm talking to people. I've done that a lot. I'm really good at it and people are, are cool with it. So I had a lot of good experiences talking to people, but it's, I just felt suffocated by that 40 hours of having people in oh, my brain. I watched you. I watched you. It was, I, I, could, I could see it happening just the way you communicated. <laughs> just, yeah, it's no time for anything. It wasn't lasting so, you know, Screw everybody. I'm just <laughs> throwing stuff out there like bombs when you're when you get the chance to get free from it. Like I don't even have time. I don't have time to go through this in a in a kind of thoughtful way. It is it is sobering to watch and, and I've also been off for four years. I don't know what that says about us, but uh, I'll leave that to everyone else. But it's sobering to see what 40 hours of what appears to be slavery does to the human brain and how we as a society just accept that as the price we're meant to pay. I'm not saying maybe we're not, I don't know, but watching it from the outside makes me not want to do that at any other time ever again. I just feel like it's not meant to be that way, especially when 99% of the things that we do for that 40 hours are not good for the soul usually you no, it's not, and not that's saying why, there isn't contributions that people make that aren't incredible out there you know what i mean right. well that's why I, humanity is like this gorgeous destructive thing 
is it's, we aren't provided the chance to kind of look at things. When you go, when you go to a job from, from my vantage point and somebody tells you, you get two weeks off a year, you're like, what? There's no way you I can know. tell me Think society requires people to work 50 weeks a year until they die. That's the stupidest to, thing I've ever heard. To, to, to basically contribute to somebody else's bottom line for some stupid amount of numbers they're collecting. Yeah, yeah. It's like their 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 stamp collection at the end of the day. Yeah. So they can get better stamps than you. Yeah. You know, so we not we have to think about this rather than just accept it. But hey, I was born and my parents told me that was what I was supposed to do. And everybody else did it. So if I don't do it, what am I? Yeah. Like and at the end of the day we start to really look forward to buying a van and living in a campground. Right. That's how that happens. Yeah. That, You're like, wait a minute. I used to look at those uh, those communities. What did they call those? The trailer parks. Yeah. And just with such disdain. Now I'm like, that kind of looks all right. Yeah. <laughs> this is a little bit of space and, uh, you know, restricted. I'll tell you the thing quickly that's opened up to me. It's like the beauty of seeing things and having time. Buying this kayak has been unbelievable experience for me for a guy who was terrified of water lived in this little you know cubicle of life i think for a long time the views you get from the water that you can't get anywhere else even looking at people's homes from the back turtles birds seeing them do things in a natural habitat going oh my god that is incredible maybe i should look at other parts of life yes i I know turtles birds Well, what incredible things are turtles doing I want, I want to know, like, you got to keep like journal, like a turtle journal. They are, maybe we can have a recurring segment where you yeah, bring us up speed on what the they turtles mostly, are doing. They mostly, Burlington. Own, they mostly only sunbathe. <laughs> okay. And when you okay. get near them, they get afraid and fall into the water because they're like, I don't, that, that isn't normal, whatever that dude is doing. So, right. but they sunbathe in great amounts and it's just, wow. And to see birds come out of the water and run before they all, you know, fly away. It's, fly. Just, it's, yeah. just, it's just silly things like that. But even seeing people's homes from the other side and just, I couldn't possibly see that unless I was over here. And it's just, it's just again, a, a symbol of being able it's to look at different. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I don't want to take people's phone calls about their cable bill. I, I, I'm sure you don't either. You know what I mean? It just, of all things that are for profit and, and, gluttony that industry feels like it's right at the top of the list <laughs> yeah it's you know? funny though you know it, get, it gets kind of a bad rap but I, I do think that it's not that hard of a day aside from the fact that it's so intrusive you can have decent interactions with people sure. i had people that hang around and talk to me for an hour sometimes which is not something that they're in love with at the it's call probably center. not so you know it's kind of a waste of time <laughs> There's times where people I knew that that they were enjoying talking to me too much and that I wasn't sure how this call was ever going to end. Because you right. have a lot of people, right? It's I mean, there's a pandemic going on. They're yeah. not talking to a lot of people. So they run to somebody they feel like they can chat with for a while. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, let's go. Yeah. But, you know, really at a certain point in time, I, I do have to move on to a... You probably should have recorded them and just turned them into podcasts like this. Random yeah. call center calls. There probably some be some interesting oh. entertainment value there. Oh, it's, it's, there, there is a lot of interesting people out there, but I, you know, when it came to the van thing and Caroline was seeming like she was fairly serious about it. I, the only way I think I'd do that is if we sold ice cream out of the side of the truck and we <laughs> drove around with ice cream truck music on all the time. That's the only way I would really be in on that though. I will say 
that one of the things that, I mean, I think it's over glamorized, of course, the whole idea of van life. Of course I, I it like is. it. I like the idea, but they're going to, Instagram's going to gonna Instagram. That's what it does. It's going to run its course. So there's a, there does seem to be a lot of attractive women in yoga pants doing the van life. The only caveat being, aside from the fact that, that I'm married, is that they seem to like guys who can work a power tool, uh, which means that, that, uh, I'm in trouble. We're, we're both You're going to see me with a skill saw. We're like, both man. out. That's right, 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 right. Exactly. Because, I mean, the work those guys put into some of those, those fans. Because we know how this goes. Our, our, our view of this in reality. I actually once did propose that we buy a food truck and go around the summers doing food festivals. That seemed like a really good idea. But eventually, you need a power tool. And we have to go hire the guy with the power tool. And he comes along and then steals our girl, probably. So all we're yeah. left with is this shitty, broken down food truck. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, right. and it's like, we don't think Never mind the cooking through. aspect this, yeah, of it. That I could probably pull off. But, uh, one, you know, one of the great lines a guy said in one of the videos she watched was the, the fruits of the Industrial Revolution ought to be liberty. And that's one thing we forget because we're yeah. so back 80 years. There's no way you can convince me that our society requires people to work. 50 weeks a year, 40 hours a week. And sometimes and if you're a good boy, hours. if you're a good boy, you may only have to work 48. Ooh. Right, right, right. If you right. work your ass off and break yeah. down long enough. Yeah. 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 No doubt. So one of the other things I want to talk about too was, and get your perspective on it, because I've talked to a lot of people recently who are my age or older, who are really reluctant to get vaccinated. <laughs> that's kind of a well i'll tell you one of the things being on the phone this was is such a setup <laughs> it, it is well it's, it's a setup, setup but i think it's important to talk about it i don't think enough people are bringing i know a lot of people who won't do it who are absolutely concrete on they won't do it at, but they won't discuss it do you know what i mean they're reluctant to because i don't know probably because they know they uh, they're afraid of holding some of those thoughts up to light i mean the fact is you're not doing something that a lot of other people are willing to do well, and That's right. under the idea of it being for the greater good, I think on some level, people know. I mean, I was talking to one person who said, you know what? Honestly, if my parents were still alive, I would probably get it. Which is to say, if they had somebody they cared about, they thought were in greater danger, they would do it. Right. Which is a, maybe the most selfish thing you could say. Um, yeah. And I don't want to persecute what that you're too much. Is, but what you're saying, though, is my people matter, but... Your people right. don't. <laughs> and I think, right, I think, I think the discussion, I think, again, at the end of the day, it's about the discussion. I'm going, I'll even be honest with you. My son knows how I feel about this issue. And I obviously, you, you teed this up for me because I brought to you a lot of concerns about the vaccine. Yeah. And you were quick to jump on that, not in, in a way that I even found to be perhaps a lack of investigating some of the facts and I'm possibly extremely incorrect in all of this. I don't know, but what I want to wanted to do is try and dig up as much information as I could about it. Right. Um, that doesn't make me some greater being or anything, but what I, what, what bothered me, my point is my son knows how I feel about this and he slipped one past the goalie last weekend and sent me a note that said, oh, by the way, this is happening with my rehab. Oh, and I'm getting vaccinated tomorrow morning. <laughs> and yeah. a lack of discussion is the problem on, on these things. A lack of discussion about why you're doing it, 
if you want to do it, I'm going to respect people's decision on it. But I think everybody out there in our society, and this is the most, the biggest hot button topic we could have on a lot of ways our society is working these days. It's absolute. Everything's absolute. I am right. You are wrong. I am right. You are wrong. And then social media, you know, just blows that up on, on these kind of positions. And it's like, there is no discussion about what could be on the other side, because God forbid, we're just not entirely correct. You know, it's not entirely 100% the right thing to do or 100% the wrong thing to do. And I think what you're getting at, there are people who won't hold their thoughts up to the light and you have to. Yeah. Now what you said, I, I'm not, confident at all and you did say to me hey if it wasn't for vaccines we'd all be dead already yeah that's right and you're putting vaccines all in the same boat which i believe is grossly inaccurate you know what i mean i'm not saying right well i didn't write right an essay thing. in response to it i was it was a, a flip it's more flipping comment than anything but but yeah no but i think it's indicative of how people are reacting to this we are so desperate for this cure-all shot that it's like we, everybody must get it so we can go back living the same abusive lifestyle that we've become accustomed to. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's not the answer. The answer lies somewhere in the middle that maybe, yes, I understand the need to make sure that we're protected from deadly viruses and, mm-hmm. the, and, and the need to expedite the process. But perhaps we need to look a little further about how we exist in this society and how we got here. And there are grave concerns, not grave, that's, well, there are, there's, there's a lot of concerns with this vaccine because expediting it means we don't have the data and we're all kind of guinea pigs here. And that's just a fact. Right. It's not, that doesn't mean it's the, the correct, not the correct thing to do. And what you said is the very reason I actually got my first dose because it's for the greater good and people are more comfortable around me and I'm not that important at the end of the day, (laughs) you know, like I I think of it like, is it the perfect thing? No. But when you, when there's a drowning man and you throw him a, you know, a little life preserver there, it's not a great idea for that person to go, couldn't you send me a luxury boat? Yes, that would be ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah. But all I've got right now is this little thing. It's so it's imperfect. I don't know what the, I think the big thing for me is that the other day, I mean, everything you're saying about right, like, and I've said it for a long time, this happened because of who we are and what we do. That's mm-hmm. why this pandemic happened. Don't pretend Not anything an otherwise. And it'll continue to happen. Things like this or other manifestations. Like I said, we're just being gorgeously destructive right now. And so, yeah, that is, but well said it's it's too late at this point to say well wouldn't it be great if it didn't happen it's happened so now the question is what are you going to do and i'll tell you what frustrates me about it i had a great conversation with a friend of mine who hasn't who's older than me and who hasn't got it hasn't got vaccinated yet and i find that baffling but and and my thing is don't get me wrong i feel very strongly about it but i do understand other perspectives, other points of view. The problem is there's consequences for that at the end of the day. There are consequences for it. And and essentially, you're asking, whether you want to realize it or not, the consequence is you're asking the rest of society to protect your friends and family on your behalf. You're not willing to take that risk and put some skin in the game. I don't want it to take a damn vaccine. I I don't like throwing stuff in my body that I'm not entirely sure what it is and what the consequences are for it but 
there's no other option that protects my family and friends. And to be honest, it sound, as cheesy as it sounds, my community. I actually care about that. And I think I, I should add in quickly, and I think we need to recognize that the, the sources of, of vaccine uh, fears and, and, and kind of misinformation, it's a few limited sources, all making a lot of money off of it. People talk about big pharma. I know what big pharma is. I also know the whole world's run by corporations. So it's impossible for me to entirely disentangle that myself from that web. And, and I don't know why we are willing to see the, the corruption there, but not willing to see it in some of these small misinformation sites that are all making like Alex Jones a pretty penny on a lot of different things. They're doing it for the money as well. They're doing it for the clicks as well. The only thing is they have information that's not supported by formal science. And formal science exists for a reason because it's a, a kind of clinical way to, to look at things and test things, you know? And the idea yeah. that Bob in his basement throw, watching five YouTube videos suddenly knows something, that's disturbing to yeah, me. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're making a generalization that's also unfair. Um, I, I, I hear I what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Darren, and you make it, but you're also categorizing things as if they're fact, as if it's Bob in his basement. There are a lot of legitimate doctors out there who have a tremendous amount of concerns about the vaccine and the Absolutely. lack of science, the lack of science. So I think that's what, this is where we get these divisive opinions. The science is not in. Now, your points are extremely valid. Is it in enough to take a calculated risk and go for the betterment of everybody around me from all the information that I have. And this is kind of how I looked at it. I'm going to do this because the information available, do I respect somebody going, I just want to wait a little bit. I'm going to take my chances of avoiding COVID by taking all these other precautions and wait to see how all this comes out. So when they say one in 100,000 people get blood clots and then it goes to one in 60,000 and then it goes to one in 40,000, there's data coming in. There's, and believe me, right. one in 40,000 is not enough to not do it. But what I'm saying is more information comes in that you can gather and go, now I have more information to make a better decision. There are, this isn't Bob in his basement running a shitty mm -hmm. site to make profits. Bob is there. Bob, there's always Bob in his basement on any topic, but there are legitimate yeah. doctors or legitimate people in healthcare that aren't getting the vaccine because they know that there's a lot of issues. And this is where with my son, I think I was disappointed that a decision was made with maybe, well, one consultating, you know, consulting me and that's a different issue, but giving it to kids is a big decision to make. Giving it to children is a big, big decision to make. It's not necessarily as cut and dry as someone in my position. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and just for fairness, we should, should mention that some of the issues you talked about is with one particular vaccine that's not in, in widespread use at this juncture. Right. Fair, just for fair. Because we're, no, I mean, facts. if somebody's listening to it, facts. I just want to make sure they know that that's we're the AstraZeneca. That's, right. That's correct. But, yeah. But, yeah. So but, it's different with the Pfizer. And my point was when AstraZeneca was being given and it was, it was as widely available as all the others. And now yeah. shockingly, we have more information that shockingly our healthcare providers are going, maybe that's not a good idea. So that, right. that there's, there's 
But it's a danger. It's a danger of discounting all of science because something in this unique circumstance where right. we're cobbling things together more than ideal, which I agree with. We, but you have to. Again, it's uh, there's no luxury boat coming. So we, we have to go with the, the life preserver and see where it goes. And it might, be called, I, I it might be called the Titanic if it does. You know, even that isn't foolproof. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. the point is, the point is, I, I think maybe the truth is always in the middle and people just stop need, needing to be so absolute and, and uh, on both sides. You know, it just well, brings out the worst in people, I think. And it's like, man, if I got to see everybody just you are you are shamed. Maybe you don't want to hold your opinion to the light because you're shamed if you have it. Like yeah. you, they're not willing. If you don't get the vaccine, you are somehow some, you know, you should be put on an island somewhere with the rest of you. Well, there are thinkers. So the thing At is, some point you will be. Yeah, but it's not like choosing uh, to make your favorite color yellow instead of purple, right? Like it's uh, there's consequences for this one, and the consequences could be life or death for, for people. You know, if you don't have enough people vaccinated, it, it leaves open fourth wave, fifth wave, whatever happening. So there are consequences for it. So I think that's why people, and it's tough to reconcile that emotionally because I want to to be respectful of different perspectives. The only problem on this one is that other people's perspectives really impact people that I care about. No, no, and that's right. And and I think my point in all this is I want people just to use some common sense. So when, when presented with evidence, accept it accept the evidence. So, so if the calculation that you make at some point, you can't just hold on to your, I will never get vaccinated opinion. If right. it holds less water as time goes on, you know well, what I mean? You, you and if what? it changes the other way and all people start starting to die because of the vaccine, obviously you would go, wait a minute. You would hope I, I have enough belief in our, in, in our, you know, in science yeah. that we would figure a solution to it and stop doing that obviously this this is going to seem unrelated but i think it does relate on a certain level after the lakers were bounced out of the first round there there was a i noticed on twitter that there was we need a soundbite for this here's your your sports sports information (laughs) well it's basketball so you know we're really not going to go too far on this because it's not our it's not our gift but i what i found fascinating was there was a whole legion of michael jordan fans that were just super euphoric after that happened, right? And they're they're posted things about the season that Jordan had at age thirty six yeah, versus sure, LeBron, as if that one you know semantic that's argument. The, there's there's the, the decisions we right? made. Yeah, that's right. But I thought about it, and I thought if we were to look at what's fascinating is if you were to look at the demographics of the LeBron versus Jordan debate, which is a dumb debate. They're both great players. I think it just right. comes down to to a, a, your your particular preference in terms of style right but if you look at demographics i think that would tell an interesting tale because i think if you look at the lebron guys it's people 20 to 40 and if you look at the jordan guys right. it's 40 to 60 it's, it's so the bobby or wayne people, gretzky thing right yeah people from our era so you're not even really talking about different opinion you're just looking at a different world view so people are just don't like having their worldview challenge. And I was listening Bingo. to Bingo. the smart list, the smart list podcast, which is really good. And I, it's funny. I, I, and their guest, and I have a blank spot there. 
So I didn't finish my research. <laughs> it was that good. Night. It was that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it was actually the developer of the uh, Arrested Development that they were talking to last week. And okay. Smartless is a great podcast. Highly recommend it. But he was telling a story about some kids. So they had two control groups, two groups of kids that were given these tests, right? And when the one group did well, they told them, you're really smart. When the other group did really well, they said, you're a great worker. And then they continued to increase the challenge level of the test they gave them. And of course, you probably see where this is going. Mm -hmm. The group that was told they were smart was more inclined to quit and just give up. Whereas the group that was told that they worked hard or given praise for working hard, continued to work hard and not quit. And I think that's what you're talking about with, with human perspective, that too often we worry about something that is the result of something else. We, we yeah. want to be considered smart or thoughtful or curious or really original. Look at me. I'm so original. My thought on this is super original. You know, I, I figured well, it out this way, that way. What, as opposed to you should always through your life be willing, I think, on your deathbed to consider everything you thought was wrong. Well, and, you should and, be able to that's, open to that's that. the answer, Darren. And I, I was thinking about that with my own thoughts yesterday. We need to be right. If we're not right, that is the biggest fear a lot of us have. Like we always think we have to figure stuff out. And then when we do, I think we put it aside like that has been accomplished. So I don't have to think about that again. On to the next thing. We're always in dire need to think our thoughts are the right ones. And this yeah. is when you see somebody else come at you with these absolutes. It, it's, it's difficult to have that thrown at you constantly. And, and the challenge is not knowing shit. Because I even like we need to be heard in this world for some reason. And yeah. I, I'm as guilty as the next guy. You know, when things don't go your way you all of a sudden get entrenched in some thoughts you have because nobody's listening. And if nobody's listening, do I even exist over here? You know what I mean? And that, at the end of the day, as strange as it is, is, is what we fear the most, not belonging. It, it just intrinsically, we fear it yeah. subconsciously. And it's like waking up to the fact that you don't know shit about anything at the end of the day yeah, is yeah. a tough, tough thing to, if you can process it, I think, you're probably a Buddhist monk who's found a way to live at a different level on this world. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But, you know, it's hard to, it, there's very few people that can get to that level of being. And I haven't seen too many. And God, we should all at least try to try to do that more. But that's the thing. We need to be right. Our thoughts. And the older we get, I can see it in, in my parents, the more right we need to be. Because God forbid I'm running out of time to figure this shit out. <laughs> well, it's, it's being right and I think attaching meaning to things. You need to attach meaning to things. And you see it in sports debates. We want an absolute meaning to be attached to it. And we want to put it in a box, tuck it away, move along. And then somehow we're assembling some sort of larger grouping of stuff that equals something. And then we look for like, people that think like we do. But yeah, come along to the right side. Right. Yeah, I look yeah, for yeah. people that think like me. You know what I mean? Or look like me. <laughs> you know, right. that's kind of been the problem in our society. But you're right. We've got to be right and then attach meaning to it. It's so the, very is, true. The demographics thing, it's like music. And, how, you know, with those four years off, I've listened to a ton of music and really had the opportunity to explore music from various decades. 
that allowed me to be able to see that there's no special decade. There's each one may have unique sort of incarnations within it, but there's so much great music, right? Probably more now because of more people have access to creating music and and getting disseminating it to people. Although it's a little bit harder to find because there isn't those those one sort of exit points for it. I'm going to argue that point, but you know, there's more music out there. There's no question. Finding it is impossible. That's and that's that's more than a fair criticism of of modern music. That is a challenge, and I think there's this tendency that, and I we both probably know people. I can say that music like ABBA and Supertramp and the Kinks brings me back. It's like with the Jordan Jordan versus LeBron debate. It's essentially people appreciating a certain perspective they had from a more innocent standpoint when they were less critical of things so you fell in love with jordan when you were 16 and you didn't know a lot about michael jordan you didn't sports was a very different animal there wasn't as much information out there and you just fell in love with this guy no beautiful thing it's a certain element of your life that's really in question here that's what you're attaching a greater meaning to not michael jordan not lebron james and same with me at abba and supertramp it's a time where i didn't i was a less complex being so it's a more innocent relationship with that music. You know, I, I liked it. Therefore, I liked it. That's exactly the, the limits of how that worked. But it doesn't elevate it above other music that I heard in the 90s, the 1000s, or anything over the last 10 years. You know, I mean, no, your ability to consume different. it is just different. It's different. Right. And it can right. never change. Now, yeah. how do you pursue that? It's like, I remember talking to you years ago because obviously I'm a child of the eighties, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's, that was my reference point. And I love that music. And I remember talking to you about my journey into the seventies and just going, this is the most incredible music. This is a beautiful thing that was yet somehow very close to the thing I consumed because it was a precursor and I could hear all the notes that went into the music I had consumed yet far enough away, you know, to be different. I love how you say it. you could hear all the notes. Like it was, it was like, so, like a mathematical formula. Like somebody picked up a bag of notes and started, you know, but anyway, sure. sorry, go Which on. Is with the opposite said. of what the art. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but you could just hear maybe the, maybe I'll rephrase it. I could hear the vibe, man. I could hear nice. some of That's the vibe. Daddy-o. I could hear some of the spirit. Say after I could that. hear the spirit that was Grow in the music goatee. I was consuming. And then, you know, the, I will tell you Saturday morning, my son is sleeping and he sleeps in like any teenager, which is also another beautiful thing we were discussing earlier, that just the ability to sleep unbothered by life to, to 11 or noon. And I yep. had classical music on and it was beautiful and I loved it. And I'm like, man, we're going back beyond my time, obviously, when that yep. was the predominant music of the time. What a beautiful, beautiful thing that is. God, I love this stuff, but I'm not going to consume it every day. But it's just that what was new to somebody when they were uncomplicated, you consuming ABBA, when I consumed ABBA, it was just, I loved it. I loved it so much. Music is everywhere now. It's literally everywhere and it's so transportable and ever present. Can you imagine, I don't know, 15, 27 or whatever, you would hardly ever hear music unless somebody played it for you. That, well, that's right. You know, or you that, made it yourself. Yeah. And, or you made it yourself. That's right. And I, when you talked about being off for four years and your journey through music, I do a really bad job of that. It just, when you said it, I'm like, my gosh, I do a horrible job. And, and once again, it's, 
it's up to me, but the way the algorithms work, I can't get out of this mess. Every time I go to play some music because I have records that I do play on occasion. So that is my choice. But anytime yeah. we consume music, it's through, through technology and it keeps reverting me back to stuff I've played. And it's like this prison. I, and I'm not yeah. doing a, a good enough job exploring. And I need to do that because it is a, a passion for me. It, the sports and music have always been a true love for me. And I'm just like, when you said that, I'm like, God, I'm doing a horrible job. YouTube can be good. YouTube can be good for that. I find in terms of, uh, I mean, I'll just punch in some Russian space disco seventies or whatever, and find some music that's really interesting and kind of trippy. But and you really got to do that. Got to follow the people that that are putting that music out, or, or have captured it and are providing it. And if you follow them, that tends to lead you to other places as well, right? It's to me, it's just like building kind of a wealth of unique individuals that love music to kind of steal from steal is maybe not the right word, but you borrow, get the idea borrow. tap into would probably be the best. Well, I guess. Cause what I find when I do play that rush song, the third song after that is the one I played 17,000 times. Cause it keeps yeah, reverting yeah. back to, you got to stand there and go, Nope, <laughs> right. keep going in this direction. And it's yeah. just, it just, it's just a, a commentary that I, 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 I got to be more aware of doing a better job of that because there's so much to explore musically. It's like when I put on classical music and I'm like, Oh wow, that's a new experience or, or not new, but you know what I mean? I haven't yeah. done that in a while. This is a different thing I'm consuming. I like this. You know, the, the other sports one I wanted to talk about talking about perspective and, and kind of the modern zeitgeist when it comes to issues is uh, Naomi Osaka. Oh. And this is a soft spot for me. Yeah, and I want to kind of first introduce it because, I mean, it's a dangerous game to doubt somebody else's claims of having mental health issues. It is. It, it, it really is. is. And we also have to agree that somebody's mental health issues don't have to conform to my idea of what makes sense. Right? So, But I think we could talk about this with the caveat being that, that we're aware of the fact that none of what we think may matter, but we're still going to talk about it because we talk about things like that. But here's my issue with... Well, here's, I'm going to tell you why it matters to me. And as you know, I teach a PR class. So this, is a very, this was a very large discussion in it. And I think we'll be again tomorrow when I do it again. But, but you're right. None of this does matter at the end of the day, like most things. But, but mm -hmm. uh, well, yeah, I, I would like to hear your perspective because mine is... I have four issues. I, yeah. I think I, okay. I was going over last night and I, think, and I thought I can simplify this. And I put out this. Her initial statement seemed more an exercise in petulance than anything. Yep. I mean, if you read, sure. read that original statement and mm -hmm. it sounds like somebody's having a tantrum. I'm sorry to say it that way, but that's what it sounds like if you read it. Um, and it seems pretty blatant. It's not like I'm reading that much into it. And I, the second thing is she doesn't seem to have an issue playing in front of crowds. That's she right. Doesn't seem, At the highest level, by the way. Right. She doesn't seem to have any issue engaging in advertising and her endorsement deals. That's the right. only problem she has is engaging in answering mostly innocuous questions from That's the press. Right. Mostly. The, the third thing was the four Grand Slams released a statement acknowledging they were aware of the issue, attempting to work with her on that and provide some support in exploring options. And apparently she was uncooperative with that. She didn't, she was non-responsive to that. So that 
kind of makes you so there's actually three things so it to me the whole thing it feels a little disingenuous i will add one last thing is we talked last week about brendan shanahan's end of season press conference where he was getting pushed by steve simmons it was a really interesting exchange because simmons is the only guy like him or don't like him and a lot of times i don't like him but he's the only damn guy who's going to ask a question that's hard and it's going to push these guys into an area which is the most important thing to understand in our day and age. That's yeah, the because most important thing here. You got like Jonas out there from the athletic and Myrtle, what are they going to say? How come the, you know, the power play doesn't seem to struggle. Oh God, that's a tough question. You know, it's brutal, but anyway, Fan, fanboys, fanboys, my point to it was that I thought Shanahan handled it, handled it well for a guy in his position, getting pushed by Steve Simmons. He could have been a lot more sure did. Know, caddy would might be the word, but he, but he handled it really well. And I thought, here's a problem that maybe Osaka does have is that she's not articulate enough or not at a point in her life where she can handle contentious questions without being feeling stress in related relation to it. You, in so, my you know opinion, what I mean? you've, you've nailed it 100%. Now, and, I, and this discussion that I had in my class, I think that kind of perspective can be met with, oh, you're... You, you, you're being hard on mental health and, and well, that's I, the thing. You can't I, even talk about it on Twitter. You like, can't talk about it at all. Like yeah. people say, well, and, and, and there's also the side of it that sees something like this and just wants to champion the hell out of it. Oh, I'm so proud of this. We need to be more on board with the issues of mental health when we do, that is absolutely correct. And I think we are, are taking a lot of steps as a society to, to, to improve in these areas. And, like anything, probably not enough and not quick enough. However, like the vaccine topic, can we look at the evidence and make an intelligent decision on what's taking place here? And given all the evidence, even after the fact, what it appears to me, and and somebody else was wise enough to put it in these terms, that this is a young person who doesn't like doing something and is trying to avoid doing it. This is what it appears to be because media hasn't been the problem. She'd been more than happy to do all her sponsors media that are writing her a big fat check. Right. She's Everything more that comes than happy to just the yeah. evidence would suggest that this is a young person, you said, who hasn't been able to tackle this. So you know what you do as a PR person, as the tour appears to have done, because I was quite critical of them when it appeared all they were doing was fining her even though it's within their rights, which is cold though, not the way, but it appears they were trying to help her through this because like her backhand, as I would say, if you're not good at, you don't say to Serena, my God, I just can't hit the backhands. Can you please stop hitting it over there? Because I'm struggling with that. No, you practice it, you practice it, you practice it because this media aspect of playing at this level is absolutely as much a part of your job as hitting the backhand. And this is where I think in our society, people act like media has just been nice to do. This thing we call media, I don't even know what the hell that means. What is media? Politics has created this great division of media negative, media evil, media bad, and media has done that in many ways. But if you wanna cash the check, you got to do the media. You got to do your job because the media is the fans and the fans are paying your pay. And she, you know, she, she competed to get into this 
organization. That's right. It's organ- it doesn't matter what you or I think of the, what the media is and whether it actually generates revenue. They do. The organization you applied for, they do. And, and you made a good point there, and I actually had this written down, which is it's hard not to be skeptical when she's cool with the things that directly put money in her pocket. That's right. But she's the one thing she has, and both of which would involve stressful situations. That's right. But the only stressful situation she has a problem with is the one she doesn't see, from her perspective, a direct benefit. Value. It's hard not to be a little bit skeptical. And then, you know, the point is, and if you say this, people are going to go off on you, but the world's full of tennis courts without media in it. That's the, the, I said, the world play, is full of it. I, I said nope. to my son, I said, she, she wants to go play in the Des Moines Open and win that tournament. There's no media. Go yeah. ahead. There's also no money. Yeah. There's no paycheck. So it's, it's like, you know what I mean? That's, that's an option for you. People have to realize it's entertainment. First off, it's tennis. It's not like it's tennis. You're swatting a ball back and forth on that. We tend to act like these like things guys are in their pajamas, higher man. level. Oh, this person's not cleaning floors at a factory. They're swatting a ball over, over top of a net. As if somehow that engenders some greater sense of importance. Which, which is ridiculous. It doesn't. It's you cannot play tennis if you don't want to, right? We love entertainment. We live for it. Yeah, it's society. it's entertainment. It's like going on Survivor and saying, like going, applying for Survivor and saying, but I don't want to do any of the side interviews. And they're like, okay, yeah, don't be on the show because that's yeah, an integral yeah, part of the show and why people watch. And why you would get paid. Yeah, exactly. It's tic-tac-toe in terms of following the bead there, right? That's right. But, but it one. really is. When it comes to the mental health conversation, I find people I had a conversation with one person where it was like, clearly you're conflating whatever issues you might have with and, and let's be honest everybody has mental health issues now how much they're impacted by it there's all sorts of varieties so i'm not going to say everybody has the same problem we all have different issues but we all have issues so there's no reason to be ashamed or i think defensive about it we can talk about mental health right right and there is a time like when i said i didn't want to go play hockey as a kid where my dad's like yeah you're coming you're going down you're going to damn play, damn well play hockey because there's something in it for you. Like if your kid tells you they don't want to take science, you're like, oh, you're taking science, right? Okay. Like there's, there are times in life where just because you don't want to do something or feel stressed by something where that's, you still need to be pushed in a certain general for, for your benefit. I use that example. How many things in life that we didn't want to do because they caused us great stress and then we did and we we're so happy. You just gave an example. My father dragged me to play baseball. Think about that. Me. I was terrified. I wanted nothing to do with it. The greatest gift of my life, obviously, playing yeah. baseball. And I was like, I want, no, did I have mental anxiety? Oh my gosh. I was just out of my mind. You know, but right. a lot of things that doesn't discredit anything to do with mental health. These, we all have them. But there are certain things that need to be overcome or you can, you can grow with or, yeah. and you can get better. Do you think there's any human alive that is born and just completely takes to public speaking? Most people struggle standing in front of a room yeah, and speaking publicly. Most time. people. Does yeah. that mean you should just cave and cower and, and never, ever, ever do? Our world would be worse off for yeah. it. You know what yeah. I mean? We overcome things. I don't think anything's simple here. I think there's everybody has their own personal unique struggles, and I think that that they need to be respected. I do think too that we need to be able to chat about them without conflating our personal 
shame about whatever is attached to it or our, our particular issues with somebody else's like we, well, we can't you talk about it. it because you know you, what I mean? it. you respect it and talk about it and in this particular instance if you are running a quality organization you work with the person and it, it sounds like that's what, they were, that's what they were and trying she didn't to want do. to engage right well then that's right so then again, at some point you make a decision as a grown-up human being to go well then you can't play in the sandbox yeah. At some point, you go, I'm and sorry, it, you can't play in the sandbox. And I That's think everybody works. who's commenting should really have to read her initial statement. Like That's before, right. even before, like anybody would criticize what we're talking about here today, read that initial statement. Because to me, uh, mental health was used as a shield. That's correct. Uh, as, as a distraction. That's my mechanism opinion on To it. qualify kind of a petulant perspective of and maybe yeah you know probably dealing with uh, the media can be annoying at times well, talking about your stress because they ask you a repeated question well wouldn't that be less stressful because it's just I, I i i made a career in it i know how uncomfortable it is for a lot of people what 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 is comfortable about it what is that's the point is it's a major part of what you do it's just something you've got to grow it's part of the gig that allows you as an athlete to make oodles of money it's just yeah. a responsibility to the people that actually write the check. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I am yeah. available to you. Thank you very much for making right. my life so, so fulfilling. Right. <laughs> Thanks for coming out, man. It's like a, a guy singing in a bar if nobody's there. But thanks for coming out to my concert. I appreciate you. Is yeah. singing in front of you difficult? Yeah, it was pretty hard at first. Now I yeah. love it. You know what I mean? And, and you come and pay whatever sum of money to hear me sing. And I really appreciate that. So yeah. I'm going to do these things. And that's just part. It's, it's, it's a young person not having the skills yet to, to deal with that, even though somehow she's won four of these things and has done quite well, you know, but that, that I think it's okay to look at it that way and go, yeah, that pretty much seems to be what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know? there's different dynamics attached to them, right? Like you're challenged in a different way in a sporting event than you would be challenged in a, a press conference. So it is fair. Again, I, That's I, right. I, I leave a lot of room here for, number one, the fact that my opinion doesn't really matter. And number two, that there's different dynamics at work here. And perhaps I, I just really concerned about the fact that, that she didn't seem to want to engage with the people that run the business that makes her a lot of money and put That's her in a right. position to make a lot and of I money. And I think it probably it's not even really about so much making fast. a lot of money. It's just that this is the, the profession the you want to undertake, These right? And, and yeah. And so there's probably, yeah, mental health. I, I think I could probably babble on feeling like I want to qualify and soften. Well, that's uh, the problem, thing, right? But why not? That's just, the problem. Why not just move on? Yeah, why not just move on? But that is the issue because we always feel we need to. You're you're not allowed to have an open and honest conversation about a lot of things. Without, I think it's. You know, I do think it's good though because there's all these complaints about political correctness. I do think it's good that we're pushed to consider things like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe I'm wrong. Hey, maybe I'm not considering this per, this individual's perspective enough. Because yeah, I mean, a yeah. lot of the problems we have in the past was people just being like, "I'm going to make fun of this." Because it's different. Well, we still. Have I don't understand yeah. it, and so I, I think it is good that we've got to a point. We're just trying to navigate this babble of of trying to. No, I think that is not sound like a horrible human being, right? But did you have did you have anything you you want to chat about? I've kind of bounced around here. Well, I mean, I, the topics that we're going to discuss, I think, in season two, maybe I think 
Um, I, I enjoy these non-sports conversations, but I think throwing in some sports topics here and there probably, you well, know. What did you have, what'd you have sports-wise? No, I don't think, uh, nothing specifically, I don't think. You know, obviously there's a lot going on with the hockey playoffs and we're being, there's just so much being thrown at us these days. There's so much it's, to consume. I think the one thing I do want to talk about, and I, you actually destroyed me the other day for it, but. Uh, is okay. f- loving baseball, watching the College World Series. I have, con- and it's on again at, at noon. The first round is concluding for many teams. What a joy seeing the game played in a much more simplistic way, innocent way. I don't know. Even though elements keep creeping in, they have replay, which I find just absurd, but it's there. But just the way they keep moving the game along, you know what I mean? And, and, being able to watch it without every pitch being some sort of, oh my God moment, how could they possibly miss that strike or miss that? Or it, it's just, you can see pitches that are, the umpiring is substantially worse than what you consume in a major league baseball game. So for those who are just so angry at umpires all the time, go watch a lower level game and you'd be like, oh my God. But yeah. somehow everybody just moves along. It's the adversity thing. Everybody just moves along. Well, that's not a strike. Okay, give me the ball. Throw it again. It's not like everybody's huffing and puffing and yelling and screaming in their pajamas. You know, they would go take it back. I've so enjoyed watching college baseball. Like, I didn't think I would many, many, many years ago. It's really a beautiful thing to watch. Right. And I, I encourage anybody to go and just, if they can find it. That's In Canada, it's a little more difficult to mm-hmm. be able to find a college baseball game. You could to stream it or what have you, but uh, it's what, what was there. my response to you was? I yeah, I've heard this 700 other times. It's a great point you've made 700 times. I'm, but it wasn't. It's really starting to sink in for me. I'm really No, starting. no, it wasn't. That wasn't the point I was the making. The speed of the game, I think. But it was, wasn't. It was, yeah, but it was just that the, is I was you. more trying to be positive, which – put about, me back to reality real fast. right it was sort of a how backhanded I, how yeah. i maybe presented that point fair fair right i'm working right. on that part it was like the tip of the iceberg was uh, i really love college baseball and then under the water was the other you know 90 percent of bitterness. it which was bitterness. major league baseball the, Why I, mean, I don't even hate it it's just yeah it was of course i found you know what point, is point it, taken asshole with the uh with the <laughs> leaves getting bounced out i thought it was interesting to go back and listen to our podcast with jesse and yeah. a lot of that stuff was was really on point and i still find it fascinating that nobody's talking about the islanders like you have this amazing narrative available to you you took the best player from a team left it for dead you kept your young gm we had all put that away your down. old 80 year old gm all, who went to islanders we all put that animal down you, we like, made fun of them for signing Uncle Leo and Darren, Matt Martin. I can remember going, the Islanders are going to be last place, dead last. Like that was not, oh, they're not going to be so good. No, dead last people were talking. Yeah. And, right. And, and it, well, but I knew they wouldn't because they had Barry Trotz, but I didn't think they'd do great. So, it, but it makes it remarkable to watch them bounce out to Penguins. So they've won now, is it six series? And the same time Toronto's won zero. <laughs> they're fun to watch. Just, he will babble on about Islanders being boring. I don't think he watches Islander games this year. They're a lot of fun to watch because Sezikis, 
That's a fun guy to watch. Yeah, he's a defensive player, but man, what he does out on the ice is so invaluable. Wow. And when you talk about the Leafs, why don't we look at the Islanders? Why aren't we looking at this team that we don't understand why it's successful to look, then counterpoint it to the team? We don't understand why it's not successful. I, I, there's some guys I follow on Twitter that are just analytics 101 all the time. And I, and I read it and, and the guy just says, somehow, someday, somebody's got to explain to me how the Islanders win cocky games at all. And I'm like... That's the point. You're missing a piece of the puzzle here. Like you've got to sit back and go, I'm missing some piece of this puzzle because they're they're successful year after year after year. And usually what they do and the Islanders, the ultimate conundrum for them because they usually are just like, well, it's just a goalie. It's just, but they've had like three different goalies. It is actually you know I mean? never like, the goalie. Right. That's it's, the point. It's Trotz. Trotz. It, Trotz's ins- goalies do well. It's insert goalie here, random goalie yeah. here, and he'll be just fine. Right. You know, if I'm a goalie, I want to pay for Barry Trotz and then go make some money somewhere else. I'm like, like think, thanks, man. <laughs> think about how idiotic the Leafs narrative is, where all, essentially all they've done, overdrive this for two days, is talk about it. it's all Matthews and Marner. As if they don't have a coach, as if they don't have a GM, as if they didn't pick those guys. They're your guys. They didn't, they didn't parachute in and ruin things. You picked them. So, and, and there's more to the equation than two guys in a hockey game. You have to be an idiot to think that. And you lost to Montreal. Yeah, I know. You think you're going to be the next Detroit Red Wings or Washington Capitals? You haven't won a round. You're the next Hartford Whalers. Once again, it goes back to our conversation earlier about everybody having to be right and solving something and not engaging in the possibility that they've been wrong. It's more than that, though. There there it is, right? So they keep contorting themselves to to be attached to this initial perspectives. And they can't just admit, man, we just, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. We don't, we should admit, like, this is a complicated problem. That's and right. we're not sure. How many times have you heard since the Leafs have gone out, and I've seen this in the, from media members, fanboy media now, that yeah. Kyle Dubas did everything right. Yeah. So it I'm must be Myers and Matthew. He How, supported this those, team. Did you watch Joe Thornton? Did you, those, and go back to our podcast, and no offense, I'm going to be the right guy here. We talked about how these moves were wrong. Yeah. We, our opinion there, the, the moves he made, while I appreciate what he was trying to do, he didn't have any fucking money left to do the actual moves he needed to correctly. And so when you add Bogosian and Joe Thornton and, you know, um, Wayne Simmons, and God forbid, we've all forgotten about Jimmy Vesey, who, you know, we'll just conveniently forget that he existed. What a disaster. And we talked about what a disaster that would be. All these moves. Yeah. How about the fact that maybe these additions failed you? Barbara maybe when you're looking at Casey Sezekis, it's those type of guys you can't acquire. Yeah. It's like the article I sent you about Larry, Larry Brooks wrote and how analytics media were ripping it apart. Like, God forbid, you've got to be 100 specifically accurate on every detail. He was making a point about Brendan Shanahan being added to the Red Wings, and that was the missing piece. I think the point is, if Kyle Dubas or Brendan Shanahan recognize they need a Brendan Shanahan, they can't get him. They're boxed in. They go at Wayne Simmons. That's like Brendan Shanahan 10 years later. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. he's And that's the thing. I always said that was like a guy who hasn't been in a Yahoo hockey pool for five years and hasn't watched any hockey for five years going, I need some penalty minutes. Who am I going to pick here? Yeah. Wayne that's, Simmons. And he's not realizing playing. that Simmons is the five years ago versus now is a, is a vastly different dog. And Joe Thornton, 
was uh, like I've seen better pickup. He was playing pickup out there. Yeah, he was playing pickup hockey, and you can get away with that. Like the other big thing was people's unwillingness to be honest about how weak the North Division was. Well, and like we, just and- come on, like you're comparing. Like they keep saying fifth. Keith did all he could. They were the least were fifth in defense in the NHL. No. They were first no, they in the weren't. damn division. No, you know? they weren't. That's correct. Look at when I was talking to Doug about that, and he's pulling stats from last year where Vancouver was better last year. Calgary was better last year. You know, Winnipeg was a better team last year. Look, what do you, it doesn't matter. They're different teams. How can you pull these, it, and talking about contorting. And they still weren't to, good to get last year. They still weren't it's good last awful year. awful division. People say, the, when I heard of that, that press conference, the Leafs are close. They lost to Montreal. That's the well, worst team in the playoffs. I don't care if they're beating Winnipeg because Winnipeg's lousy too. Well, and here's, I'm, I'm in the car and the guy's going, you know, you got to give Montreal credit. I guess we were wrong about the Habs because look what they're doing. I'm like, so no, Winnipeg. they're the Habs <laughs> and they're playing Winnipeg. Yes, it's yeah, like, yeah. Now, now, here's the other thing, Darren. Once they get there, they're there. They do have a chance to win. They're in the semifinals. So yeah. do they have a chance? Yes. Will they most likely get their ass handed to them? Yes, but theirs, it's they could win. That doesn't make them good. That right. got them a free pass, um, an easier the, path. And I think and, people don't get it. And we were talking about this yesterday. Is is you're talking once you get to the playoffs, it's about matchups and momentum. Those are massive factors beyond just talent. Oh, I was, you, well, your goalie I'm, gets locked more in. More than anything, I don't know. Momentum is a funny thing, but right. Your but your goalie gets locked, gets locked in. in. That's huge. That's a moment. That's what I mean by momentum. Yeah. If you, your, your team starts feeling it, the impact your goalie has on the rest Oof. of your team is huge, right? And how they play. I mean, you look at the 93 Habs team. That wasn't a great team either. And they went pretty far. I think they'll get smoked once they get so to the final four. I think any could, they will. I Most always likely. thought that was going to happen. Well, you watch these other games, thing that we're supposed to discount our power of observation. If you look at stats, guys, you're supposed to believe generalized thing based on playing a lot of teams who aren't even in the playoffs and don't make it very far in the playoffs apply to a matchup when you're playing only elite teams. How insane of an idea is that? Right. Right? They don't apply anymore. They don't so, apply anymore. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Well, you, I, I get frustrated. I, I'm, yeah, I'm finding it unlikely that a team is going to do anything of real damage when your best player is Brendan Gallagher. I mean, I, I love the guy. And he even he I love the guy. out there. He can't he, really shoot. So he's a guy you want on your team in the sand. playoffs, but yeah. not your best player. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just not. But you watch possible. these the Islanders Boston games, or Tampa Carolina series. You watch the the Vegas Colorado, and this is a different world of hockey you're watching. Right. It's not just the fans. People are like, well, it's fans, and yeah. For sure, that changes the the aesthetic for when you're you're engaging with that game. But come on, man. Come well, and that's on. the other note on the Leafs. It's one thing when you can't get over the hump that was the Boston Bruins. I, I, I understand that. And their analysis it, is predicated upon playing you've Montreal. Lost, you've lost to the Columbus Blue Jackets and Montreal and the Montreal Canadiens. Now yeah. that pretty much needs that. Like, there's not a lot. Don't go. Don't be going on Twitter and going, well, you know, you got to learn how to win and you got to let. No, no, this is a hockey game, man. I'm sorry. When I got asked Austin Matthews and Mitch Marder and that Nylander on the ice, it's still a hockey game. There's still the yeah. best players out there. Somehow something is wrong here. Something we For don't sure. need to. And here's what's going to happen, Darren. Nothing. They're just going to reboot this program. And, I think. and you know the problem? Because they're getting a pass from, and the, that matters. 
We have you know not I mean? tr- the Leafs didn't play one established elite team all season. Not so one. everything we say the about best teams, even the positives, or Edmonton, and even like, the whoa. positives are you have to calibrate via that. Like you don't know. Campbell was good in that series against Montreal. Maybe that that softy in the last game wasn't great. Yeah, he was good one goal. all year. For but generally, he was good. All but year. He only played. He never played a great team mm-hmm. against the Habs. The Habs attack is so north to south. It's insane. Well, but right? it's they like know it's it so had to be. utterly predictable. In the right? playoffs, they, they were just for a sitting there. Their whole system was predicated on that stretch pass. Where I'm going to miss yeah. eight of them, and the ninth one, I get the only scoring chance I'm probably going to get, and we're going to yeah. bury it. And Katie by the bar of the door at that point, and yeah. we're just going to try and win this sucker with Carey Price. He's going to ugly it up beyond that. Yeah. Ugly it up, yeah. baby. Yeah. And, and the Leafs didn't have an answer for that. And you know, it could be because you didn't have a third and fourth line. That could be a reason. And then you're like, we got to run Matthews and Martyrs out there. And their game deteriorates because it's not predicated on it. You need that third and fourth line just ramming that barrier down. You know what right. I mean? And I, I love the idea that do what they do, man. <laughs> the idea that all the coach is supposed to do is play their best players 30 minutes. Well, he plays best player 30 not, minutes. Not, what can you it's do? It's not basketball. Yeah. It's not basketball. You know, it just doesn't yeah. work like that. It's, it's a funny physical how, sport that way. But it's funny that if you talk about the fanboy nature of the least media is that that Dubis gets such a free pass. And I see him do good things. I'm not saying that it's not complicated. Right. But the free pass he gets and Keith, Keith has lost two series against teams he should have been. Shitty hockey teams. Two, and I think he's been outcoached in both those series. It's Whoa. easy to make that argument. The other coach who I should have been fired. I have no real problem with it. He was being run out of town by the media, run out of town for not with his stars being at a, a less mature spot in their development mm-hmm. and losing to far better teams. Yeah, He was losing to Boston and Washington when they were really, they didn't expect to make the playoffs that year. So, but he's getting run out of town and Keith is just like, well, he did all he could. The power play is awful. What do you mean? He doesn't, he's not in charge of that. He's not in charge of inspiring his. How come people don't say this about Barry Trotz? Again, this is why I, I found it's such a compelling counterpoint. You don't hear people talking about Barry uh, Trotz team saying, yeah, he wasn't playing for Barry Trotz. His stars didn't show up for him. Have you ever heard that about a Barry Trotz team? Mm-hmm. Never. I mean, generally, he doesn't have a lot of stars. But, well, but, oh, but, but Washington. The we keep you know, using the Washington thing like it's a, it's, it's a narrative that allows the, the Leaf thing to continue on. Um, oh, they finally, Ovechkin. Fi- no, it's called Barry Trotz is what it was called. Yeah, 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 Ovechkin yeah. didn't change. It was called Barry Trotz and the system yeah. they were running out there. Ironically, after Barry left, hasn't gone so well. I mean, it's right. okay. They just returned to yeah. what they were, a pretty damn good team that's got just as much chance as everybody else. Yeah, and you know what? You, you don't win all the time. And the thing <laughs> is, why doesn't Barry Trotz get, get more appreciation? And I think it's because, like you said, those the analytics guy, and it's funny, and analytics guys just say, throw up their hands, say, yeah, yeah, I don't really know why this works. Well, doesn't that mean you should work a little bit harder? It's amazing how many times I see these stat guys talking about like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's got to be some sort of anomaly. We'll figure it out, guys. This is your job. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, even Barry Trotz would tell you if they ask him, hey, what's the difference between your national teams, Island teams, and the Washington teams? Yeah, I didn't have an Ovechkin. (laughs) right like like he's maximizing what he has but he doesn't have that he doesn't have Tavares anymore he doesn't have Ovechkin on those although I would take Barzell all day every day over well yeah you might be right too and 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 the jury's still out he might win (laughs) 
because because Barzell's pretty damn good. Actually, he is that kind oh, of player. He's oh, elite, I love watching him. Elite. I love I love watching that team play. Like I just can't believe people write them off as being a trap team. Well, because it's like, watch because watch. they are because they are. And I will tell you, watching them play in the regular season, I've watched them play a lot against Buffalo. And when oh. they get a one goal lead, you might as well just turn the TV off. It's like watching mud, man. It's right. awful. So they that, do play that was that against style. the Sabres. Though, no, no, right? they, so. they, yes, I know, but they right. dummy the game. You might as well, if you can't figure out to turn your TV off before you turn it on. <laughs> you mean, you I, mean I, as a Sabres fan, I'm yeah, the, you're not a guy I'm going to go by. Like, what makes right. you turn the TV off? Because <laughs> your just your choices are are suspect. You know. <laughs> I guess I guess that's a valid point. I was trying to make a point about the brand of hockey they were playing, but maybe that was the easiest path to victory for them that night. <laughs> right, right, just shut it's it down. It's just place. Buffalo. Don't it's worry like about kid. it. It's like a little kid where you just put you stretch your arm out, put your your hand on their forehead, and let them swing. It's not fun there. to watch. You're right, right? but yeah, but yeah. the most effective method. <laughs> Correct. My bad. My bad. Great day, great day in Buffalo history, though. As as your GM said, you got the first pick overall. You excited about that? Well, no, because this was the year you didn't really need it or want it. I mean, not say you don't need it. There's just so many unknown variables. There's no, but that being said, from everything I've read, because I didn't watch any, Owen Power was unbelievable for Team Canada in a grown man's tournament. So I guess he was their number one defenseman and law. It's all Connor minutes. Brown. The Connor Brown fan club is out. It, it is. is out. If only we, I heard of it Dangle, Steve Dangle, the night after he did his, God, that dude maybe want, might want to try a different occupation just for a little while because well, he was so bleak. Yeah, he is. But I mean, he seems to be getting really embittered. And just off the hook. And sometimes well, you yell and it's shtick. like, that's, that's his stick, right? Yeah, you know, shtick. but he was yeah. like, and we gave away Connor Brown. <laughs> you think Connor Brown was it? Connor Brown. <laughs> now, nobody so, like he did play, play that right? lot. Yeah, right. He did that's play kinda, really well in that, that tournament. Well, and Connor Brown plays well for Ottawa. I think that's kind of his jam, though. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's what... That's we where all he know. succeeds, you know. Like we've been around long enough to know there are guys that could only be good players on bad teams. Right. That and, the moment and, you want to try to become good, you got to start looking at cutting their ice time and putting them in a different spot where maybe they're not very effective. At and all. he wasn't very effective. I mean, if you watched any of that season, the last season with Toronto, like we said, he, all he cared about was skating up and down the wing and getting off before he was noticed. Yeah. And Just some of that might have been coaching. Up. I don't maybe. know. But, but, but uh, he wasn't I don't think can't pay him three and a half or whatever. I think that, that, like close to four. That's the point. The yeah. point we're talking about with the Leafs is their box stand. They don't have the ability to get those guys. It's This is the Hyman thing now. So what do you do? Hey, no, like you fine. said, uh, you, I like Zach Hyman. I think he's a hell of a hockey player. And I know you've been critical of him, but I like him. But what he's going to get paid is not going to work. That's He's going to go somewhere else and be an overpaid hockey player. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just think, speaking of free passes from the playoffs, how many chances do you have in that last game? I didn't see him winning any puck battles in those last three games. None, when it mattered. And we talked about elite players, those small sample sizes that, that, you know, people are reluctant to actually elevate and and show, they matter. How Mm -hmm. does George Brett hit in clutch situations? How does Reggie Jackson hit in clutch situations? As you say, these are human beings. And how do they react to tough situations? And I found, and I know Hyman's been dinged up, which also makes me concerned about how those wheels are going to work. Cause I mean, he doesn't have a high ceiling. So if he doesn't have all right. that stuff that allows right. him to win puck battles against Montreal in the last three games, you got to wonder how much we paying this guy again. Yeah. He's got a lot of points for the last couple of seasons. He's played with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner predominantly. And by the way, you've got to have 
the knowledge again of the competition level. Right. Your point is valid. Yeah, Darren, watch, watch the Edmonton Oilers pay Tyson Berry for I'll, I'll throw in the old Lord love a duck. Yeah. Yes. What a year he had, I guess for points, you're going to pay that guy and then watch what happens next year when you're playing really difficult opponents and you've now got money locked into a guy way that you need to use elsewhere because you're already boxed in with two high price players, which I understand. It's understanding what he did in context. It might be understanding what Zach Hyman did in context. Right. People are just oblivious to this somehow this year. I think like because- the least being fifth in defense, like what? What? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a choice. I think people made a conscious choice that they weren't going to have the whole season ruined for them from a media standpoint by saying, this is a really crappy division. So right. they, they elected to come up with crazy stuff like a stats guy telling me that, you know, well, because the average goals in that division were the same as average goals in the other division, the same amount of top 40 scores or whatever, that that somehow meant they were on the same level. That's the stupidest in my, my men's league might average the same amount of goals. That's right. That doesn't mean my 20 goals in 20 games is <laughs> going to translate would happen to the if NHL. you put me in the NHL. <laughs> no, it's who says that? 5-year-old wouldn't say that. But it's it's again, it's calisthenics to appeal to a certain emotional need. And people emotionally wanted the Canadian division to be the same as the other ones. The fact that it wasn't wasn't something we were people, honest enough to talk about it. And they're going to get burnt by it. And, Teams are going to get burnt yeah. by it. And people emotionally just wanted the Leafs to win a round and they were going to pronounce it to be the ultimate accomplishment. They did it, boys. The Leafs finally did it. They're great. And I was laughing. Even if they did it, it didn't mean what it meant. No. And they still no. couldn't do it. <laughs> the beauty of it is they still fucked it's it up. Stunning. That, that's, it's a, that was a legendary collapse. To that hockey team. It Legendary. Was. It took it was. a lot of shittiness to actually lose to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, they, the worst team in the playoffs. Wow. And any other division, they wouldn't have. Oh, it, four teams close. had to make the playoffs, so that's how Montreal got in. Four they teams had to make the playoffs. What, what is so drastically different from this year's Montreal Canadiens to last year's, who almost didn't make the bubble they like I, I always tell you this one. If they play the final night and Buffalo beats them, Buffalo goes to the bubble, not Montreal. That's how far removed from the playoffs the Habs were last year. Right. So what is drastically different? Corey Perry? No, actually I'll good, tell you but, what. But yeah, yeah. Josh Anderson was the difference, and he's a, an elite, but he's not the difference maker to, to go from yeah. that level to that level. You know what I mean? He was even there were times where he. He was he non-existent in games, so there were. Well, he was great at times. Game one was great, like, and then he kind of slipped away. Yeah, uh, and I love the guy. He wasn't really a factor after that. No, he I wasn't. thought he would be. You're right. Corey Perry was a bigger factor. Corey Perry, Corey played, Perry great. played great. Like you got to give him credit, man. But he's an old man. He's Jason Spezza, not same type of player, but he's that guy who you fit in, who's contributes still a little bit, but he's not making your team elite by any means. He's a piece. Yeah. He's a piece, and the least added. Six pieces like that. You, 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 I said, Jason Spezza filled the Jason Spezza role really nicely. You didn't need five other guys to fill that role. The veteran, savvy, leadership, still play guy. You, they, they wouldn't got five other guys like that. <laughs> Live by hyperbole and die by hyperbole, right? Like yeah. you just, you just, we were trying to sew together a narrative that worked in theory, but we all knew in practical purposes, as you said in that original podcast, either you can lace them up or you can't. 
Yeah. And I did, Jesse and I were arguing one night, and I was saying to him, you know who knows when a guy's no longer an NHL hockey player? Other NHL hockey players. Yeah. Yeah. They know when you're in a room and you can't play, everybody in that damn room knows. They might not even say it, and probably somebody asked you about it. Even There's not even talking about media. We're talking about no. a pickup hockey team. Yeah. The guy that can't play, they're never going to say it to your face. But probably if somebody asks you about it, you don't know, you'd be like, yeah, no, he's a great guy. We love him. He's a great player on the team. Have it but, but you know when you're at the bar after with the guys, you play with, with the guys. Play, yeah, yeah, no, he's crap. He's done. And, and, and he looked like a guy from my Sunday morning league, Joe Thornton, who did not care. Right. You know? <laughs> He's just floating around out there Got like the I used to be a great NHL hockey player. I don't even, I don't think he's doing that maliciously. Or, no, no, or no. I just, he doesn't have it. He doesn't, he can't play. The, no. the guy's body's done. And that was evident in San Jose. Like, yeah. you're like, what are you looking at that you're like, yeah, we want this thing. Take the name away. We want that over here. Right. And this is the part I have a problem with now, but how they're getting a pass though. You at least have to look at this honestly and go, this didn't work. What you did failed but the other point is i actually think you may have to break up even though i love all these players matthew marners and i actually think they can be successful but the model says you can't because you're paying them too much so you might need to break it up to add pieces you know that doesn't it's not necessarily just their fault i think the two questions for dubis are okay you have this analytics department that's and you're supposed to be the cutting edge guy show me it where is it Yep. Show me the evidence of it. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not seeing that. And what I am seeing is when he goes outside of that, he is just doing Lost. stuff that bad Yahoo hockey pool player guy like yeah, Simmons yeah. and Thornton. He's tracing. He's tracing ideas. It doesn't seem like he has the ability to identify guys because Jimmy Vesey was identifying a guy. Oof. You know Oof. what I mean? Brody was good. But again, I don't know. They never played an elite team. Right. So it's hard to even – Campbell was really good. you got to give him credit there. But, again, I've never seen him play an elite team, so I don't know. He was better than Anderson at any rate, so you can, you can definitely say that. So there's questions there. There's a lot of questions. That's, there are good things. There's bad things. But I, I just – what drives me bananas, where is – aside proof, from Steve where's Simmons, the proof? who's asking these questions? Who's asking the questions is right. And we're getting into – a state of media that concerns me because we're now accepting of it where now we're acting as we've gone to this zoom culture where people don't have to be accountable. And I'm not it's, talking it's, about nailing it's entertainment to tonight questions. Yeah. It's entertainment tonight questions. I'm watching baseball and blue Jays. And I'm not just, it's not just them. It's every other team right now. Cause they're getting a free pass. It's like everything is flower and roses and great. And Oh, because the team, Who's giving you the media? It's just that one side of oh, we're great, and yeah. nobody wants to ask or or pose a difficult question because it's tough to do on Zoom. They can you know hit the mute about? button, man. You know, yeah. at what point do we keep dismissing areas where it's important to be honest and look at things before we're just being entirely dishonest? And it feels like that's part of the equation here: is that people are choosing a dis- dishonest realities that that suit emotional needs as opposed to to more honest stuff that allows us to grow and explore right and i can see how you can say that's a pretty big thing to start talking about sports with but it's it's part of how we view life i'm not saying we should be like talking about you know applying great philosophers to hockey and stuff like that but hard part of how we understand people and stressful situations and and things is through sports and being completely dishonest about things i mean I mean, i just worry about how it calibrates us 
in, in other areas in terms of appreciating things. You it's, know? it's representative of, yeah, how we think. You're right. It's, it's, yeah. it's how we view things. You're right. And we have to be more honest. On that note, maybe we should conclude this. And I think, uh, yeah, I think what might be in order, even though I like what we do with this podcast, is is round two with Jesse at the conclusion of the season. I think uh, this type of conversation, I'd love to hear a guy who watches every single hockey game lives and dies with it. Maybe the post mortem and, and more importantly, what should be done. It's 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 easy to discuss what we did. Now, what do you do with this this hockey team? You know what yeah. I mean? I'd like to hear Jesse's thoughts. Maybe we do a little uh, one-hour session with. Well, he's usually the most positive one of all of us, so he's the most positive. Right. But he was down. He was down, what? but he still wasn't <laughs> trashing. Like Justin was ready to quit after Game Six. Like he's never going to be a Leaf fan. Get rid of his jersey. Well, so are and, you. Yeah, I do believe you said you were going to do something to your jersey should they lose Game Seven. You said. <laughs> I, but I don't even have a jersey. Yeah, so I know. I, I know. I just, I'm not a jersey guy. <laughs> I, know. But, I know. But I said to Justin, think about this. When I at least lose, I think about my mom. She hasn't seen the Leafs do anything really in 50, my lifetime, 50 plus years. And here you are, a guy from 2001, started being a fan in 2001 going, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> She's had 53 years of this stuff. I guess 54 for the Leafs, actually. That's, you know? Like, think about those guys. Uh, I think of you guys when I think of the Leafs. And, and I get, when the Sabres are out, which I know, insert joke here, and the Leafs are out, I stop following hockey. I just, I, I, it's just yeah, a yeah. cursory, I check in on the game. I don't watch them. Because to me, it's about the people in my life. So yeah, yeah. The Sabres about me and my family, and the Leafs are about every, all my friends. They're just Leaf, and it well, just for the community. Ontario. For the community. Yeah, well, you remember that year. Oh, we'll just talk about this real quick and then get going. Yeah. But I remember the year with uh, Borchesky tipping in that game. Oh, I and remember that year where was I was. Exciting. Like the whole community got together. The, people the come over. Returns. Place. You go passion to a bar, returns. You go to work, and people are talking about it. Community touchstone. There's this common sort of thing we can talk about and get excited about. That's correct. So we've been robbed of that for, I don't know, it's been 17 years since the least one around. The Sabres, I think, have won around within four. that time. Four. Right, right. right. Well, think still, about that. Four total rounds. The Islanders, have, the Islanders have won six rounds over the last three years. Yes. And you're talking between the Sabres and the least in the last 17 years, four rounds have been won. Well, the Sabres haven't made the playoffs in many years. So, right, so right, throw right, that exactly. into so the mix. It's, it's just, profoundly for Southern Ontario. It sucks. It does suck. It does suck. And that's kind of sometimes in sports the beauty of it. Sometimes to, that is the beauty of it. And to make it worse, it's the, the douchey Habs fans are, are the ones yeah. that are are the ones that are experiencing joy. And is there anything worse than a Habs fan, really? <laughs> yeah, they're just Let's so it on that note. Yeah, no, there's, there's nothing worse than a Habs fan. Yeah, yeah we're done. Yep. Okay. Hey, thanks for taking a ride on the Nowhere Bus. We hope to have lots of great guests and, and wandering conversations here in Season 2, so stay tuned. <laughs>